Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I was joined by Joey Ryan, originally from Wexford, Ireland. Joey has been living in Berlin since 2016. Joey takes us through his musical journey, from first picking up the guitar at age 7, he's now 29, his wide array of musical influences, the early band days in high school and the transition to solo performer, singer-songwriter. After releasing a couple of albums and the subsequent move to Germany, Joey felt like he'd lost something in the music he was making and he wanted to branch out creatively. His new sound was based on influences in the music that he was listening to at that time, and Orion was born. We get into the recording process for the EP, Before It Weighs Us Down, collaborations, the crisp and cinematic sound that Joey was looking for, I think he found it, live drums versus programmed drums and why Joey's happier to explore the more softer indie side of things and why he prefers performing with the electric and not the acoustic guitar primarily. There's talk of getting back on stage this year, performing on Ready Wines, touring in Germany, as well as some of the similarities and differences to playing in Ireland and Germany. And in the top five, there's Billie Eilish and the power of social media, Phoebe Bridgers, smashing guitars, not getting nearly young, but in a good way, Bon Jovi, Backstreet Boys, the Tempo Drum in Berlin, and why you won't find a capo in Joey's guitar case. Without further ado, Joey Ryan. My name is Joey Ryan, and I perform under the name uh, Orion. And I am from Wexford in Ireland, currently living in Berlin since um, uh, middle of 2016. So coming up on five years now, actually probably five years exactly this month. I'm really digging the the Berlin experience and um, it's been a crazy five years as it always is when you move to a new country. But um, but yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Irish living in Berlin musician. So... <laughs> If it was only so if, if easy, only, yeah. right? if it was so simple as that. <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we'll dig a little bit. Yeah, deeper. for sure. I, I consider myself a full-time musician, um, but I also mm-hmm. work uh, part-time as a music teacher in a school over in, in Berlin. But I I don't know, I never really introduced myself as like a music teacher or something. I, I always feel like I'm a musician who teaches on the side, not the other way around. And um that's also kind of important for me as well, because I don't really, I don't know, it's kind of like being a musician is so much a part of my um, identity as, as a person that it would kind of feel wrong for me to say, it would feel like kind of giving up if I ever introduced myself and said, oh, hey, I'm a music teacher who does music on the side. So, so yeah, like, I mean, I, I do the teaching 20 hours a week and I do music 40 hours a week. So, you know, it's like... Uh, <laughs> They've, there's, there's a lot of late nights and a lot of long days, but uh, it has to I be done. I would say that counts as Exactly, it. yeah. Yeah, exactly. it has to be done. So, yeah. <laughs> How did it all start for you? You come from a musical background. I mean, there was music around the house when you were growing up as a kid, or siblings had guitars, or what was the way? Yeah, I mean, so I started with uh, um, guitar lessons when I was seven. 
So I'm 29 now, so a long time ago. <laughs> and um, my mom always played piano for the kind of early years of my childhood. She doesn't really play that much anymore, but she used to play when I was a kid. And my dad also plays a lot of Irish trad music on fiddle and stuff. So I don't know. I just like, I, I actually think what was more important for me uh, starting with music was the music my parents listened to. Um, more than what they played because my parents are really big music fans and they really shared like a, a love of kind of like Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, Nina Simone, Billie Holiday, uh, Tom Waits, David Bowie, like all this music I kind of grew up listening to as a kid unbeknownst to myself. I just really liked it and uh, they, so they say, took a huge fondness to it and um, would, you know, be singing along in the car and stuff as we were going on drives and stuff to whatever, Roy Orbison or Billy Joel or whatever. So I think that music really had a massive influence on me becoming obsessed with music, uh, more so than what my parents played. But they were very supportive and, like I said, started me uh, on guitar lessons at my request when I was seven, which is kind of kind of a young age to start I guess like I don't really like when I'm teaching kids now like I really don't like to teach below eight or eight or nine so seven is kind of early to start but but that's kind of where it all started and obviously as time went by um I developed into my own musical uh tastes and stuff um which kind of went from you know your typical oasis you two kind of stuff to very very dark heavy black Norwegian metal and then back again and back again again. So it's kind of, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. Excellent. It's a really great eclectic mix of influences, <laughs> yeah. both from the, both from like your early, early days as, mm -hmm. as a kid growing up and then Norwegian black metal seems to be a thing, man. I must, it's great. Uh, I've, I've spoken to a few people who are just like, that's the best thing ever. <laughs> so I'm, I, I really have to dig a little deeper in it yeah. myself sometime. It's, it's on the to-do list. It is in my black book. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but no, it definitely takes a bit of time to uh, to get into. But um, I guess uh, there's a whole, you know, it's a whole thing. It's like the, it's not just the music; it's the the history because it's all tied in with all these kind of crazy murders and stuff that happened in Norway in the '90s, and it was, it's just a thing. But it's kind of like a rabbit hole, so be prepared <laughs> when you when you get into it. All right, I will leave it there, and I'll investigate. I'll investigate on road. I won't let you spoil it nice. for me. Uh, what about your own musical journey? I mean, were you always a solo act? Have you been playing with bands? Yeah. Or, I mean, predominantly now you're a solo act? Is that yeah, right? so I'm pretty much since um, kind of my college days solo. I started my first band when I was like 14, I think. Uh, I think it was called Sir Gota. I don't know where that came from, but that was what it was called. And then that morphed into a heavy metal band called Cronus that I was in with some buddies from school for a couple of years. This was kind of like Metallica, Pantera kind of stuff. And we also used to write our own music too. And we like we played a lot of gigs uh, in kind of like the youth centers around Wexford, Dublin, Kilkenny. And um, we won... Um, some regional battle of the band competitions for schools and stuff. So we had a really good time. It was uh, probably too much of a good time. <laughs> it was really kind of formative, actually. And a lot of the gigs we played were very, you know, it was just like that typical kind of rock gig environment where, especially when, when it's teenagers in a small Irish town that are all into one thing and it's not the norm. It was a very supportive scene and there was lots of people 
into kind of the the rock thing maybe not because they loved the music so much but because it was like the the fringe of the it wasn't it wasn't the football gang or the hurling gang you know okay, it was like right. the the alternative yeah, gang exactly. so so we had right. a really great time but that kind of ended when i uh turned like 17 18 uh, which coincided with my first ever uh, relationship as a teenager ending as well. So obviously with my, with my broken heart, I um, reached out for all those Bruce Springsteen and Bob Dylan records that my parents <laughs> had showed me a couple of years prior to that uh, in, 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 you know, in search for some answers as to why my heart had been yeah, broken. Some good yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of started my route down this kind of um, singer-songwriter um, path that I went on through through college and stuff. And yeah, that was really good. I had a lot of like I as a under my own name, Joey Ryan. I released like uh, two full-length albums and an EP. Uh, one of our songs charted uh, in Ireland as well when we released a song for breast cancer fundraising um back in 20 gosh when was that uh 2014 actually so yeah i mean it was going well it was it was fine but um i kind of kept with it for for many years and then when i moved to germany i had a kind of a two-year period where i wasn't really feeling it anymore and then i kind of uh came to the conclusion i needed to kind of walk away from it and start something new that was more based on the influences and the music I was listening to now. And that's where I am now with, with Orion. How about your new projects then? In a couple of days, you'll have some new material. So my first ever EP as Orion is going to come out in two days time. So Friday, the 25th of June. And it's been like quite a journey to get to here. Uh, I guess like I kind of, like I said, I kind of started with the Orion thing uh, back two years ago. I made the switch and for the first year I kind of didn't really know exactly what it was that I was going for so I kind of released one or two songs that maybe didn't have any cohesive kind of um, relationship to them so then I kind of went back to the drawing board again probably last year and got this the bulk of what this this EP is going to be together yeah, over the last couple of months, I have released um, four of the five songs from the EP as singles. And on Friday, the fifth song plus the entire EP will be coming out. The title <laughs> of the EP is Before It Weighs Us Down. Uh, the recording process for it, Joey, I mean, did you, did you take most of the duties on board yourself mm. or you have some... Some buddies helping you along the way? Um, yeah, so I worked with a friend of mine who's a really great producer over here in Berlin called um, Roman Andor. And he um, he and I met a couple of years ago doing some uh, writing sessions for some publishers over here in Germany. We kind of clicked because he has like... Um, Roman's really into a lot of the kind of rock metal world as well as the kind of indie indie world as well. So we kind of hit it off uh, musically and also um, personality wise. So yeah, I just decided I really wanted to work with him. And I think it was, yeah, I think it was actually December 2019. We recorded the EP over two weekends in his home studio and we did the production then like he he produced uh, the the this EP, um, but I I I pretty much wrote it and brought it to him, and then we he kind of produced it with me uh, as well. But he did the bulk of the production and recording work. 
No, it was definitely a collaborative effort. And I also, a lot of the time, I when I'm writing for Orion, I kind of do writing sessions with other writers as well. I like, I like to have that aspect of collaboration in there to kind of push me as a writer and also try new things out. So I think on every song, actually, I collaborated with somebody, um, another Irish writer called Craig Walker, uh, one of my really good friends over here in Berlin, a Canadian writer called Eric Alcock. There was uh, an Italian friend of mine, uh, Violetta Zeroni. We also worked together and um, I worked with another German uh, writer called Joschka Bender on one of the songs as well. So it's really, it's a really a collaborative work. Yeah, I'm just really excited that it's going to finally, finally come out. It gets to see the, the light of day and all that. It's been a... It's been a while coming. Yeah. This is, this is where it all kind of makes sense. Though, yeah, right? this exactly. Is where it all, you, you, you all get it out. There. Exactly. I'm going to ask you musically, Joey. I'm kind of interested mm. in the... Because this the sounds great. I mean, the the most recent song I think you put up was Jewel Yeah, Box, that's the one. It's a kind of nice story behind it and all that. Maybe we can talk about that in a bit, if mm-hmm. you don't mind. But the the actual music, the musical elements of, of the songs, how do you put them together? I mean, they're done with a band or are they done in a... <clears throat> I'm really curious to find out because it sounds great, yeah. you know, and I'm kind of just, I can't quite put my finger <laughs> on it, but I'm a drummer. So maybe that makes yeah, sense. Uh, well, well, the, the, the drums are all actually programmed this time around. So I went right. for, uh, I've always used live drums and I've always um, played live with a, a drummer, a really good friend of mine, Fergal McCarthy um, from uh, another group called Coma 54. He always um, helps me out and plays with me whenever I'm playing some shows. But I actually, I wanted to go with programmed drums this time just to see how it would affect the overall sound of the music, how it would affect the overall kind of tone of um, the songs. And I think actually it was really worthwhile because what I was really going for on this EP was kind of like a very crisp and very kind of cinematic sounding kind of production, uh, which I think was kind of, uh, which was really helped by the kind of as um, the sampled drums. But interestingly enough, um, we're obviously, I'm always thinking about what's coming next. And I've already finished the writing process for my next uh, release, which will be a record next year. And I am going back to um, real drums, so to say. <laughs> oh, there you go. You've been an old drummer happy. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I think like you know, there's always that thing of like you know when it's in the studio, when it's when it's been produced anyway, especially when it's kind of leaning a little bit into the more poppy kind of sound of stuff. Hmm. The the electronic drums and the program drums can really help kind of bring it to that kind of crispy kind of like polished level. But what I'm actually missing now when I go back and listen to it is actually the the uh, kind of epic feel of the organic drums and a real person actually playing along. And it will completely, again, change the, the tonal kind of space of the, the recordings that we're going to do. But um, I think in general, having, go, having gone so far into the kind of pop mainstream world, I want to actually like come back a little bit into the more indie uh, kind of world and just kind of turn up the guitars a bit and, like I said, get some real drums on there. So that's the plan. Great stuff. Uh, you surprised me there when you mentioned like uh, the the heavier rock influences you had and the Norwegian yeah. black metal and stuff like that. Because <laughs> when you listen to the, the a lot of the songs on uh, Spotify and your YouTube page and so on, 
you can't feel any of that at all. I mean, it's just like night and day. And I mean, that's I take that as a compliment. <laughs> I mean that in a really a really positive way because the song Jewelry Box has a nice kind of delicate balance yeah. to it. You know what it is? And you, you use the word there and it's, it's a kind of polish it yeah. and stuff like that because it, maybe you can tell us about the songs about and the kind of the sentiment behind it even. I guess like the... The music I listen to and the music I write are kind of probably very different now. Like, I mean, even today, for example, when I was was going around the place, I was listening to the top hundred like grunge tracks on Spotify. Like, that's that was I was in my grunge mood, um, getting the Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam kind of stuff in my ear again. Yeah, you can't go wrong. No, there, not man. at all. I mean, that's you know, Nirvana were the probably the first ever band I obsessed over and Alice in Chains and all that stuff. So I really love that sound and stuff. But I don't know, I think like for me, I just because I I often like wonder and some friends have also said it to me, like, why don't I actually write or release any kind of heavy music or rock music? And I just think like I don't feel like I have enough anger or passion to actually like really sell sell it across to an audience or something in the way that the bands from that genre that I love sell it, you know, like I'm not talking mm. about like sales, but I'm talking about like, they really mean what they're doing. And I right. think that uh, at the end of the day, I love having that release as a listener and going to concerts and having that, that aggression and music, like aggressive music and the kind of energy that it expels. But like, I actually think when you, when it comes to it, I'm really more of that kind of, and I really love that kind of softer music as well. And that's that's the territory where I would rather explore. Because even if I list, even if I think about some of the bands I mentioned, like even Metallica or something like when it actually comes down mm. to it, I love all the hard songs and I love all the really heavy records and stuff. But I also really love the records in the middle of their career with that everyone hates because they kind of got a bit older and they started looking a little bit more inward and started writing more kind of meaningful kind of lyrics. And it's the same, like, with even Alice in Chains and stuff. Like, I really love those kind of ballady songs that they do, like Rooster and Wood and stuff. Mm. So I think I think I just kind of, I'm a bit of a softie in that way. And I just, <laughs> I just like, that's the kind of style of music I've decided to kind of to explore. I guess that's the way to put it. But in the, the final song on the EP that will be released on... Friday has much more of a actually got a bit of a rocky vibe to it anyway so I'm I, I like like you said with jewelry box you can't really you couldn't really hear that influence you couldn't hear that and say oh I bet that person listens to Slipknot um but I guess from my perspective it's like I, I they're just kind of separate to me you know what I mean it's like what I listen to and what I play they don't have to be the same in a way does that make sense right uh, it does make sense, and now that now that we've, we've <laughs> got to know each other in the last twenty minutes mm-hmm. or so, but having those kind of pop sensibilities yeah. and your own your own influences, you know, you can you can hear that come out now in the in the music itself. Yeah, for sure, for sure. When I play live, um, I generally play on my own, like solo, because it's much easier to tour. Um, and I have the, the kind of privilege of being able to do that because I don't have to have a band around me all the time because it's a solo project. So I can do the, the solo touring thing. So when I do play like that, you can really probably 
Yeah, I I I dig into that more Brucey kind of vibe, the Springsteen, the Tom Waits, the kind of singer songwriter kind of vibe. Because it's just at the end of the day, it's just the guitar and me. So yeah, that's definitely definitely something that I I also do, and I also like to have that uh, option available to me as well. And I think that it also connects with people a lot as well because a lot of people love those kind of singer songwriter kind of concerts and it's nice to be able to have the option to do both and then also have the option to do these kind of grandiose polished productions and present them as one aspect and then present the kind of raw solo performance thing as as another aspect as well you know uh, one of the other things that i really liked and was quite unusual when you have a solo performer singer songwriter color mm-hmm. You tend to find it's acoustic-based, or yeah. the performance is anywhere acoustic-based. But what I quite liked about this is you you tend to use an electric, or you can have a certain kind of effect. Yeah. Not too much, but you know, there's a certain kind of... Uh, it's subtly done, you know? It's- I often dislike... Um, like, the acoustic guitar I love as a instrument in the studio, using it as, like, textures or for writing on and stuff, but... I really, my heart is in electric guitar. So yeah, exactly. Like you just said, I often play solo on my own with electric guitar because I also think that there's a lot of people that play acoustic solo concerts. And while that's awesome and can work, I just prefer to try and stand out a little bit more with the the electric guitar. And also I'm just much more used to playing electric guitar these these days anyway. And just like the approach... I have towards playing electric guitar doesn't really transform over to the acoustic guitar. So if I do, because I often like when I went on tour in February 2020 before Corona hit, I brought like three guitars with me. I had two electrics and my acoustic. And oftentimes by the end of the night for the kind of encore kind of section, I always uh, chose the acoustic guitar because it just has it also has like this kind of more sing-song community feel about it like you know that old classic right, camp, exactly, campfire yeah. singing with your acoustic guitar yeah and it's also a beautiful thing and i've you know i've gone to shows of of uh, singer songwriters i love who only play acoustic guitar and it's it's fantastic um but for me i do like to have a little bit more control on the effects side and just kind of build the like not try and replicate the studio sound or whatever because i would just have a use a band for that but also just to add some more textures so that it doesn't get kind of boring you know yeah and you can layer it a little bit exactly your own kind of settings and exactly uh, it was it was quite nice to see videos of singer songwriters without now this is no disrespect to singer songwriters <laughs> but it was great to see someone playing an electric guitar and there wasn't a capo in sight you know? oh i banned them i banned those things <laughs> I, I do not allow those things anywhere in my house, and uh, any student who is sent to me for guitar lessons does not know what a capo is because they are they are not allowed. All right, right on. There we go. We save this debate. We'll maybe have a round table debate yeah. about this one night. You could, know? It could get heated. We'll, we'll get a bunch of people. Yeah, we'll get a bunch of people together, get a few beers, and see see exactly. where it takes. <laughs> What about touring wise then? Since it was a nice segue in there from mm. the, the, we can skip the whole pandemic thing for the last year and a half. We can fast forward. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
what are your plans for this year then, Joey? Are you going to take the, the new EP out on the road? I'd love to, but it doesn't seem very possible right now. I mean, I, I have I have like a show next Tuesday, um, which is being broadcast live on uh, the one of the biggest German radio stations, Radio 1. And at the same time, there's also like an 80-person audience going to be at that. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of like my, my EP launch in a way, because uh, it hap- just so happened we got invited to do it a couple of days after the EP is out. Um, so that's going to be really nice. It'll be my first time back on stage in a year and a half. And then I also got confirmed for a show in Frankfurt uh, in August that was um, booked for May last year that they've now reconfirmed for August. And then we are talking to our Polish tour booker about going over to Poland in the latter half of the year because we were supposed to go um, again in like May 2020. So fingers crossed that happens. I think also I'll probably do a Berlin show in September if uh, things are hopefully still in the situation that they are, like getting better and stuff. Mm. You know, touch wood, I'll, I'll be lucky to get on stage a couple of times this year. I would really love to do a proper tour in 2022, but again, it's going to be... S- <laughs> We've lost track Yeah, of totally, years, yeah. But it's going to be very difficult because I know there's going to be lots of musicians looking for slots that were promised to them, and it's just going to be insane. So let's see. Yeah, I mean, we've had Feast, and, feast of Famine. Feast of Famine, been- yeah, yeah. So let's see. What cities did you take in in the German tour and how do you find the German audience? Um, well, on the last tour, like I've been playing in Germany for eight years, I guess. Like I've lived here for five, but one of the reasons I actually moved here was because I was touring here so much that I kind of fell in love with the place. And also I liked the um, amount of opportunities that were there for touring. So I've played in a lot of German cities, I think at this point over like 30 uh, or 40. Um, but on the trek in February, we did um, Berlin, Hamburg, Hannover, Leipzig, Dresden, Erfurt, Jena, a couple more as well. But they were they were all really good. I mean, like the the I actually really like the German audiences. I I think in Ireland, like there's this crazy amazing culture of having music in bars all the time. And it's always free and it's because it's Irish musicians, this like huge quality that's being performed mm. and offered for, for people who are either going out for a drink or going out to see some live music. And in Germany, they don't really have that culture of, you know, live music in bars every weekend or, you know, seven nights a week or whatever. One thing that the German audiences tend to have on versus the Irish audiences, for example, is that when there is music in a bar or where there is music in a like a live music venue, they are very appreciative and they do tend to kind of be silent and listen and be very interactive with you as an artist um, on the stage. Whereas in Ireland, I always found that it was like, um, it's difficult to persuade your mates to come to your show if you've got an album launch or something. And, you know, if you've got, if you've got an eight person band or something and you, you're trying to, um, make back some of the money you spent on your album and you book a venue and you're telling your mates to take that Friday night off and come, but they have to pay 20 quid on the door. Um, it's kind of difficult because, 
you know, the argument is, well, actually, I saw you play the last three nights of the week in that bar for free. <laughs> they, they know your shtick. We know right, your shtick. Yeah. And there's also like 20 <laughs> other gigs on tonight in this city. So why would I go to yours and pay 20 quid? But then I, in saying that, like there's, I haven't played in Ireland in ages and I would love to. And uh, I, I do miss it. It's definitely a different crack. It's a different vibe. Um but no, I don't know. I just like every, everything. Like the thing is, Berlin is different to Germany as well. So Berlin is more, uh, it's diff more difficult to build an audience and grab an audience in for sure. Cause there's just so much on. Um, but a lot of those smaller German cities or even the medium sized ones are really, really supportive of the stuff, uh, of live shows and stuff. So I always enjoy visiting and playing them. So, so yeah, I can't really complain. We'll get you over to this neck of the woods something then, Aiden. Yeah, down in Dortmund. I, to play I actually played in near Dortmund, Bochum, before, but I haven't actually been oh, to yeah. Dortmund. Just down the road. Just yeah. down the road, yeah, but right. years ago. Where can we find you, uh, Joey? What's your social media at? Um, so, yeah, I'm most active probably on, on Instagram. I'm not a big TikToker, unfortunately. I know I should be, but um, it's unfortunately not my not my vibe. I don't know. It's it's not what I got into music for, and I know it's part of it mm. and stuff. But like, I also just don't want to be fake, and I don't want to pretend that I'm, you know, doing some weird dance to my song just to try and get more people to hear it or something. I don't know. Like, I just don't feel like that's that's me. Uh, on Instagram, yeah, it's like Orion Music with the German spelling, so music with a K. Same on Facebook, and then on Spotify and 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 uh, Deezer and stuff. It's just Orion. Yeah, so the EP, the name of it is Before It Weighs, it Weighs Us Down, which is a lyric taken from the uh, track we released in February, which was called What Pulls You. Fantastic. The Radio Eins gig, you're going to do it at their, uh, in their studios, an outside location? Yeah, it's an outside location. It's actually in the Kultur Brewery in uh, Prenzlauer in Berlin, actually. So it's going to be really cool. And yeah, like I said, there's going to be like a, an audience of like, I think there's 80 tickets there and uh, you just register for free and you have to bring a COVID, negative COVID test and stuff. But uh, yeah, no, it should be really cool. I'm really, really looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like, have you done much of that before? You know, uh, Not in Germany. I don't know what you would call it, PAs or yeah, yeah. personal appearances. Or, um, yeah. I mean, I've kind of like, a, I've done a couple of um, like press tours and stuff back in Ireland um, when I released um, older albums and stuff and done a little bit of it in Germany for sure, but this one's going to be all auf Deutsch. <laughs> and live so mm. uh that should be interesting super I'm, tr <laughs> I'm trying not to think about it but uh oh. <laughs> i'm just hoping that it'll be fine but, uh, yeah it's, it's gonna be interesting for sure but uh hopefully i don't screw up Excellent, too much <laughs> i wish you all the best thanks man joey how are you fixed for a top five then top five top five songs is that correct or well, I'll I'll give you five questions. Okay, that sounds good. You just give me your answer. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. I, I, all I need to do is remember them. So the first one would be, tell us a guilty pleasure, someone you shouldn't like but you do. So maybe it's someone who's a bit, you might be surprised to find it on your playlist, for example. Billie Eilish, actually. I really, I actually think that Billie Eilish is uh, incredible. And I, you know, I should 
despise her music because she's this crazy mainstream pop tastic um phenomenon she's like what 18 or something 19 <laughs> yeah. something ridiculous yeah, and, you know? and, and that you know like she's she's uh you yeah, know right. so so young and so successful but actually she's mm. so young and so successful because she is so talented you know she's i think she's incredible her but right apart from the fact that her voice is also like super unique and um i i really like you know because obviously um teaching uh students i interact with a lot of um current teenagers and stuff and i just yeah. i just know that she is literally the voice of this current um generation she's from what they're saying and the amount of impact that she um has even like you know um the idea that you know because even even if you think back to like other kind of massive trendsetters that like her like the beatles or madonna or whatever they didn't have the the platform that that she has now like in terms of she can post a picture on instagram where she changes her hairstyle and it you know two million people like it in two seconds you know <laughs> like that's that's insane yeah. but also what i really appreciate about Billie eilish is that it really seems that She's a very honest and pure kind of person. She's not, it doesn't seem that like the fame has gone to her head or that she's, you know, going down a really dark kind of um, drug and alcohol ridden path or anything. She seems to yeah. be sticking really uh, to her guns and just doing her, her music still with her brother producing Phineas. And yeah, so I really, you know, I, mm. I really, really love her music. So she, she'd definitely be my, my current guilty pleasure for sure. On a similar kind of theme, Lord has a new song out as well. That's right. Yeah, Lord is another one. She's she's really great. Long may it run. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's awesome seeing seeing all these uh, kind of younger female artists just like taking over the world. It's 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 bloody brilliant. Who should we be listening to and why, Joey? Other than your good self. <laughs> Well, like, you mean like a current artist that I love or like a classic? Yeah, your choice. I mean, it can be anything from your, whatever you prefer, you know, old, new. For, for me, one of the most recent, because I, I often like get caught in a trap of listening to the same music that I used to listen to when I was like a teenager or, or a couple of years ago. It's very, I have to like kind of push myself to discover new music, which I know is kind of um, bad thing to do, but I, I, I kind of make myself listen to new stuff. And one of the most, um, amazing, incredible artists that I came across in the last couple of years that, um, blew my mind was, um, Phoebe Bridgers from, I think she's from LA or she's definitely based in LA now. She's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Her stuff is just like, ah, it's just mind blowing. Um, I don't know. I just think she's just like, uh, the epitome of cool. And also she's got like a very rock and roll kind of attitude, you know, even if it is kind of all half in jest, like she smashed her guitar on Saturday Night Live a couple right, of weeks ago. Yeah, you I know, like, all of it yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, she's, 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 she's probably having a bit of fun with all that and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's cool and all, but I think she, she's right. just very different and very unique. And I think like her, mm. her lyrics are just like, I, I can't write lyrics like that. And um, the, her style is just really cool. And I really think um, she is just one of these artists that will actually become timeless in a way. She's she's awesome. Can't get enough of her. Excellent. That whole Saturday Night Live thing, there was like a, a whole 
thing the day after or the Monday morning, whatever yeah. it was, all these guys were going, they were doing their nutty because she, <laughs> she smashed this guitar. And I mean, there was different stories. It might have been a balsa wood guitar or yeah, yeah. $50 guitar or why, why is she breaking guitars and all this kind of stuff. And you're just like, yeah, just calm down, man. You know, it's, yeah, it's rock and roll. Yeah. It's all for the show. It's all a bit of fun. Like, you know, you remember the Nirvana video with, uh, smells like teen spirit. I want to say, yeah. When the, they, they they're in that kind of warehouse. I think they're that's right. Yeah, in Seattle or somewhere, and it's they get the old gear and they just smash it. Yeah, <clears throat> there's also they also they also did it on top of the pops, if I remember rightly. So or the Who, of course, did it. Yeah, of course, years and years ago before that. It's exactly, and you it know. has been done before. It's not exactly <laughs> kind of uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's not, yeah, it's fun. Tell us, oh, on the other side of that coin then, Joey, tell us someone that you don't get, someone that you think's maybe a bit overrated or you've tried <clears> to get into <throat> it, but you're just like, it leaves you a bit cold or it's just it's just not for you. Um, that's a really tough one um, because, I don't know, like there's, no one really comes to mind. I guess, uh, I'll take an old an older artist actually for that. I never, I never really uh, got Neil Young in the way that people get Neil Young. Um I I love Neil Young and I love like uh you know after the gold rush and the harvest uh mm. like those records and I like one of my uh, fondest Berlin night memories was we uh one of my uh friends organized a massive like Neil Young tribute night and I played two songs at it and it was like 2 years ago so way before corona and there was like 80 musicians that played over like 10 hours wow. it seemed <laughs> and it was really fun and I remember I played Alabama and Ohio and like those songs are amazing and obviously the classic yeah. Neil Young songs are, are amazing you know if you if you put a few pints of Guinness in me and then you put me in a bar and I hear that song <laughs> I will be screaming along but I never actually got into Neil Young in the way that I got into like you know Bob Dylan because uh, I know a lot of people hold Dylan and Neil Young to the same kind of standard and Mm. Um, for me, it was always like Dylan and uh, Bruce uh, Springsteen and Tom Waits and David Bowie. And I just never really got into Neil Young in that way, probably because of his his voice, I think, the, the, the kind of nasally tone of his voice. And then I guess at a push, that would be the person I would say I never truly got in the way that everybody else gets him. Yeah. It's an interesting question to ask because you get so well, yeah, everyone I speak to is mostly the guys. <coughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And it's yeah. It's kinda of, it's kind of you know, and I don't mean it to, to slag someone off. <laughs> of course. Whatever. You can do whatever you can say whatever you want, but it's kind of uh interesting to hear how it works for some and not for others. Yeah, yeah. As you as you just said there, Dylan uh did a, an episode two episodes ago, I think it was, it was Dylan's eightieth birthday. Ah, uh, yeah. And there was a an online gig being organized by a guy in Berlin and he had something like 25 artists playing at it so they were all over the world they recorded it they recorded their part and then he just kind of introduced each one cool. give a little story about the song a little bit about the artists and how they knew each other kind of thing and then uh, they he they streamed it online and yeah, it's interesting. That was really interesting to hear how many different variations of the Bob Dylan. The one sounded like Bob Dylan. Yeah, you know? so sure, was, sure. But you, but you had this kind of great night of whatever it was, thirty songs that were. Yeah, yeah. Just fantastic, fantastic tunes. Eh? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Their own, their own interpretations of it. So yeah. yeah. 
it's a funny old game and all that too. Since the football's on tonight, I can use a few cliches. <laughs> Go to karaoke song, Joey. Uh, bon Jovi or uh, Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's that's a nice mix. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, probably that's what karaoke. Yeah, for. exactly. Yeah, probably John Bon Jovi. Um, it's my life. Because uh, I remember singing that at a karaoke at my cousin's eighteenth, like a million years ago, or something. And more recently, at the Reaper Band Festival a couple of years ago, I very 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 regrettably got up at about four in the morning in a karaoke bar in hamburg and sang um i want it that way by the backstreet boys thinking thinking it was the most amazing rendition uh of that song that ever had been heard on this planet and um walking off stage to find a very disgruntled audience that weren't of the same opinion so yeah those two songs excellent Uh, I mean, you're keeping it real, if nothing. Yeah, uh, you know, if you can't make fun of yourself, then what can you do? <laughs> totally. Uh, last question for you, Joey. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I maybe I'll pick another one then. Since we talked a little bit about venues mm-hmm. and touring and so on, is there a favorite venue that you've played at or a favorite venue <laughs> where you've seen other acts? Either or. or. One of my favorite venues in all of Germany is this tiny, tiny, tiny little room in kind of like a, I guess it's a village. Uh, It's probably not a village. It's probably a town um, kind of near Frankfurt am Main um, called Hochstadt am Maintal. And there's a little brewery, microbrewery bar there called Schallender. Uh, run by these two wonderful people called Birgit and um, Ido. And they, um, every last Sunday of the month, have like a kind of a concert uh, in there, in that bar. So they basically shut the bar down. Um, people have to order tickets and there's a, it's capped at 50, 50, 60 people. And she generally sells out the entire um, year of, of gigs in, you know, in like one day. So she'll announce the 12 artists for the 12 months of the year. And they've, I've been lucky enough to play there three times. They, they keep inviting me back. And I don't know, it's just such a wonderful room and such a wonderful vibe. And it's very informal. Sometimes it's not plugged in. You know, it's the kind of gig where if it's too much hassle to get a PA, then you do it with your acoustic guitar. And uh, yeah, I've just had many, many magical, magical nights uh, in there um, over the years. Uh, so that's definitely, definitely one of them. Or else the Barras in Clonakilty in Cork in Ireland is an all, another venue that I've been lucky enough to play over the years. And it's just, it's just an awesome, you can just feel the history in the room of all the people who have um, played there. And I think to attend a show, I just always, uh, one of my favorite Berlin venues is the Tempodrome. It's just this crazy, um, massive, uh, it looks like a kind of an upside down kind of clown hat in a way, but it's, it's all like, it's got really amazing acoustics and stuff in there. And I've seen the national, uh, in there a couple of times, which are one of my favorite bands, um, along with a couple of other bands and it's just always been an amazing experience it's just very immersive because like it's kind of it's kind of like the stage is kind of curved in a semicircle so it's kind of it's very small and intimate and even if you're standing at the back you know you're very close and uh it holds like i think 10 
thousand people or something, but it's just like uh, always, always a wonderful atmosphere in there. So I think that's probably my favorite venue to go to shows in. Joey, wish you all the best with the the release in a couple of days. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been it's been really I've been looking forward to it all day, and uh, yeah, I appreciate it. It's been great chatting. And I told you, I told you, I would keep you to an hour, right? So there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Bang on time. <laughs> I'm an old hack. <laughs> now, so. No worries. Joey, all the best, mate. Good luck with everything, and uh, I'll catch up with you sometime. Yeah, eh? for sure. Thanks so much, Craig. Chat to you soon. Facebook at Expat Music Pod. And of course, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from, you'll find us there. Until the next one, this is Craig saying cheers.